I'm Jeff W. I'm Tony M. I'm Ron W. And we are eight days clean and we are in the zone. And I am out of chew. Everybody, welcome back to the Northwest Convergence Zone Show, where all things come together. Big D here with you. We want to uh, welcome you into the show. Thanks for being here. I know it's a busy time of year with Christmas right around the corner and a lot of shopping going on, a lot of holiday parties and stuff. The fact that you had spent a couple of moments with us, uh, we greatly appreciate that. Big Joe, how's it going over there, man? It's going great. That was me on the base. Yeah. <laughs> Take off, eh? Yeah, beauty, eh? And, of course, we have Double D here. Double D? It's a pleasure being here. And Wonder Boy? Good to be here. All right. Craigster couldn't be here tonight because he's uh, doing his professional gig. But uh, best wishes to him. We got a great show for you today. We have a rockin' band from Tacoma. That's some of these guys. That's some of these guys right here. Eight Days Clean. They came in and tore up the joint. And uh, really nice guys. We're going to talk to them in a little bit. And then later in the show, Northwest broadcasting legend Marty Reamer. Marty Reamer, yeah. Yeah, so we're excited about that. But before we get into that, before we tackle that stuff, we got to spend a couple, just, a, just a brief moment here. Um, something happened at the end of the last show. I didn't know of anything. Um, <laughs> we, as we were going out, we were all kind of saying our uh, goodbyes, see you later. And then this happened. Joe, saying goodnight. And see, come see me and Wonder Boy at the concert for the Red Vile Falcons. <laughs> Should be the Vile Red Vile Falcons. Red. <laughs> so anyway, so as we're going out... And, the thing I'm not concentrating on here is the red. I'm not concentrating on the fact that you call them the red vile falcons. We expect that. Yeah. With your ADD and your uh, all of your uh, look at the shiny object floating around and your misdirectioner, uh, that I'm okay with. Yeah. What's this about? Come see you and Wonder Boy. <laughs> no, that sounded cool. I kind of liked it. What? What are you like celeb now? Yeah. They're yeah. all going to flock down to see <laughs> you guys. No, they're I going said, down to see the vile red falcons. No, me. Because I'm the... What, are you going to be down there signing autographs? <laughs> if anybody wants You them. and Wonder Boy standing around, you think they're yeah. even going to know who you are? Notice I put my name in front of Wonder <laughs> no, Boy's I did name notice too. that. That's right. You know. Oh, my I goodness. Was, I was looking in Double D's uh, briefcase, and he's got some 8x10 glasses of himself <laughs> that he's going to be signing. Here's the yeah. best part about it. I'm coming home from work yesterday about 3.30. I get a phone call, and it's uh, Double Deister. He says, um, "What times this? Uh, what times this concert thing supposed to start at the Rocket Records?" And I said, "What are you, what are you talking about?" And he said, "Well, uh, was it three or three thirty? I said, "Are you down at Rocket Records?" And he said, "Yeah, I am." Yes, <laughs> I am. I said, "How many people are down there?" Just the owner. <laughs> and, dog. and you and Wonder Boy signing autographs. For nobody. nobody. That's right. <laughs> he went down yesterday when it's the 12th. I That's this Saturday. I think he did it on purpose. He didn't want any competition. He was yeah. scoping out the joint, seeing where to stand so he could get on and yeah. get in on the entertainment. Where the lighting was best and where he looked good and exactly. everything. Well, I, well, of course, I look good everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah so. see, Daryl and I need special lighting. <laughs> <laughs> and trick photography That's and all right. kind of stuff. And, uh, mirrors. Yeah, mirrors. And uh, Wide-angle lenses. I need that funhouse skinny mirror is what I need. Yeah. But anyway, so that's this Saturday, guys. Okay, well, 
if you guys want to see me and get an autograph of me <laughs> oh, this oh, Saturday, man, I will be there. Listen, folks, if you dug That's the, the, the vial. Sixth and Proctor. Oh, Sixth and Proctor. <laughs> to it's him. another promo. Oh. So this Saturday. And I might bring Wonder Boy. At 3 o'clock, Vile Red Falcons are going to be <laughs> rocking records. And if you happen to stumble across Double D and Wonder Boy, just, you know. Tell him to kiss off. Yeah, something. <laughs> no. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we just uh, we had in the studio here with us a great band from Tacoma. They are, yeah, definitely going to make some noise, and they're up and coming. They they're, are they're on their way, people. They are well on their way. They are, uh, they'll, they'll tell you about it. They got some concerts coming up. They placed fourth in the uh, best of Western Washington. That was a King Five poll, I believe. Yes, it was. Yeah, so uh, they placed fourth, which was a voting poll, and for a band from Tacoma, with all the local bands that are playing everywhere every weekend, to come in fourth when they're relatively, you know, they're relatively new. Right. And uh, that's amazing. They are, they are uh, hooked up right now with Bob Rivers from, uh, of course, from the radio. Casey, okay. That's right. And uh, his band, Spike and the Impalers, and they're going to be doing some stuff. They'll, they'll tell you about it. This right here, my friends, is a great band, Eight Days Clean. All right, we're in the studio today with the rockin' band, Eight Days Clean. They are a local band from right here in Tacoma, and they are, uh, they're hitting the, the, the whole scene by storm right now. They're taking it over. They were in the uh, best of the Northwest. And uh, guys, welcome to the Northwest Conversion Zone. Thank you for having hey, us. Thank you, man. All right, so we have right here, we have the uh, lead singer. That would be Ron. Yes, I'm Ron, lead singer, AJ Sling. And our bass player, Tony. I'm Tony, show off extraordinaire. And the drummer, Jeff. How you doing? You guys have an interesting story. Let's uh, let's get into that now. The the whole concept behind the band, Eight Days Clean. Can you give us a, uh, a background about how you guys formed and, and what are you guys all about? Jeff, will you please take over at this part? Go ahead, Ron. I want you to. Okay. Tell them how it started. <laughs> That's how it started. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we started uh, as a small jam out in, uh, in the band room, uh, Ron and I with a couple other guys, uh, after he threw out the guy that was singing. Uh, <laughs> I did throw I him out. No, I, I threw him out. <laughs> <laughs> Little band. Just started out jamming and uh, kind of grew from there. Now, you guys are seasoned musicians, right? You guys, oh, you, hold on. Correct? You guys want to hear my version of that? Sure. Yeah. Let's hear your version. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. let's hear Tony's version. He's I pretty much put this band together, like and I wrote all the songs. Thing. And whatever I didn't write, Ron wrote about me. <laughs> <laughs> so That's the real story. Now, you guys are you guys are all seasoned musicians. And you, were you in other bands? We're before? seasoned. Seasoned right. with what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit. A little pepper. McCormick oh. salt there. <laughs> yeah, we're seasoned. We're from other bands, and uh, we're just... Uh, I don't know, how do you, could you ask the question again? <laughs> yeah. So right. as, as musicians, you guys were from other bands, and then how did you find each other? Hmm. How did you guys form? Well, two guys approached me at a, um, at a gathering, we'll say a gathering, and said that they had a drummer that had a bunch of equipment. I didn't have any equipment at the time. And he wanted to jam, and I should come over and start a band with him. I knew him from back in the 90s when I was in bands. And so I came and checked it out. I, that's when I met Jeff. He owned like PA gear, drums, 
guitar amps, bass amps. I mean, he had everything. It's like a prefab, was... prefab band. Yeah, so he had everything. So he had all the So yeah. I was like, cool, we'll jam. And we did jam for a little bit, and I kicked those two guys out. I'm hooked us up. And it was pretty, it was pretty interesting uh, scenario. I decided I wanted to be the singer, so the singer had to go. And plus, oh, come on. It was like Def Leppard. I mean, I'm saying that something's wrong with Def Leppard, no, but I'm you. just not going to be in it. Right. You know, not in Def Leppard. Was it your thing? No, no, I'm not going to do Winger. That's Tony. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Docking. How'd you go to, you go to, you go to one atomic So, Tony, how did, you, how did you come into the picture then? Ron's been kicking me out of bands he was in for 20 years. <laughs> yeah. I got, look, I got tattoos. Show them. I got tattoos. Show them. Yeah. Tattoos yeah. You know what I'm saying? Better prove it. Uh, I, was, uh, I was out of town on business. For a couple years, and when this band was put together, <laughs> what kind of hold business, on, Tony? Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> uh, apparently, there's a yeah. I I in the state of Washington, we differ on what is and what isn't an illicit uh, object. Such as, <laughs> such as, uh, you got a vacation. What they think is a drug and w- what I think is a drug. Right. Yeah, I don't know if they were right or not, but they won because they took a couple years away from me. Mm. And uh, while I was while I, I was in prison, while yeah. I was in prison. Uh, we got the prison part. We got a prisoner yeah. right here. This this guy, we got our own staff yeah, member who's been awesome. there. Yeah. You guys probably hooked up there. Yeah, that explains why Wonder Boy's here hooked now. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't he look, don't they look they call it Wonder Boy? Yeah, yeah, they all look familiar. I've always heard that as Pig Boy. So anyways, uh, me, and Ron, me and Ron have played in and out of bands together for a long time, and uh, uh, I really like the groove that I get when I play with him. You know, it's like it's I I like I said I've been fired from every band in Tacoma. Most of the people that are listening to this are probably going, "Is that fucking Tony McDougal? Oh my god, is he still playing music? He hasn't run the whole gauntlet yet." So, anyways, long story short, I'll always end a long story with long story short. Long story short, uh, I found out that Ron was in this band, and I came to him and showed him that I had actually uh, turned my life around and done something substantial with it. And before he got a chance to prove that I was wrong. He let me in the band. Now he stuck with me. Uh, yeah, right. that's pretty much how it happened. What was the substantial of, thing, Tony? What was, what I you stood said, there real something. quiet for the first time in my life. <laughs> yeah, he pretended really well. You know how we like decided? Tell, Ron, tell him how we decided to let him in. Oh, tell my goodness. Flip the coin. coin toss. Twice. Yeah, flip the <laughs> Twice. coin. The first, the first time, time it went in his favor, then we tried it again. That's no shit. That's no yeah, shit. the second time it hit, the second time it hit, I stepped on it. And I was like, I win. I said, I'm in the band. Well, and Turnaround is a big part of your band. We want to Let's talk about that in a moment. But let's listen to a little bit of Eight Days Clean. And this is a song called Open Up. Now open up and let me fill you with my affection I'll give you something that you'll never forget I'm gonna get my satisfaction I'll give you something that you'll never regret I wanna be the reason your heart breaks I wanna be your favorite mistake Open up 
is the name of the song. Yeah. Eight Days Clean is, is the name of, of the band yes. that we're talking <laughs> okay. to right now. That's some. That is yeah, some awesome stuff good. right like there. It. Yeah. So, uh, Eight Days Clean. Tell us about how you came up with the name for the band. Eight. What is it? What is the meaning to you on the Eight Days Clean? It came to me in a vision. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, the, the, the sweat lodge. Because you guys are you guys are rock and sober, correct? Yes, I mean, and that's yes. that's where the name comes from. Um, yeah. Like we said, just to backtrack a little bit, when we started out, it was um, I got rid of. Okay, I didn't get rid of. We decided we were going to get rid of the singer. No, yeah, I, I got rid of him. Yeah. I told him we were. Gonna, he had to go because I was going to be the singer, and uh, we didn't get rid of the bass player yet. And then after the one guy was gone, then I decided I want to get my friend in the band. And yes, we're all clean and sober. We used to do a lot of heavy drugs, and mm -hmm. we stopped. And so, yeah, congrats! Oh, guys. did That's we stop? Great. Yeah, it's cool. So <laughs> I brought the, uh, my buddy in, who was he was new. He had, he was new to sobriety, and he was trying to get this thing, and he kept kind of going out and you know relapse yeah, yeah, and yeah. whatnot. And he kept doing it, and I was hoping it would get him sober. You know, just being in the band, being around it's us recovery guys, didn't really work out. But that's a later story. Anyway, uh, he came to practice. It was like I don't know, probably a couple months after the band had started, and he, he could tell he'd been smoking crack all night. It was obvious, mm -hmm. and I didn't say nothing to him in front of you know Jeff and the, a former bass player because you know I didn't want him to freak out. So I took him aside afterwards. I said, "Look, I'm not even you're loaded, dude." And he's all, "Yeah," and I said, "So you got to tell these guys. You got to tell them. You got to tell them." You know what I mean? You, you're having trouble. You got to right. tell him. Yeah. Because I, I promise I will next practice. So that was eight days later. And he walked in and he grabbed the microphone. He says, hey, you guys, I got to tell you, today I have eight days clean. And we were like, oh, hey, let's do that for a name. Right. <laughs> Make that right our on. name. So we kind of blew past the fact that he had this major catastrophe. <laughs> you were all excited about like, the let's name. Let's do this name. <laughs> and then that, that kind of continued on. That's that's where I came in to be the singer over about a year time. He had eight days clean. Now, how long have you guys been going as a band? What was the first gig you had? Was it what what what's the timeline here? First gig was September sixth, two thousand and six. So you guys been going about well, a little three and a half years. Yeah. Yeah, and you guys are making waves now. I mean, yeah, you guys time. you guys are really starting to uh, locally. Where have you played mostly? During that time, were you guys playing like during uh, that the first two years? The Java thing, Jive and no, see that's the thing. Our first two years, see, we're trying to get into the um, oh, like I said, we're recovering from, you know, right stuff. So we tried to get in with some clean and sober like conventions and stuff. Right, they really didn't want nothing to do with us. I don't know why. I, we're all sober. <laughs> I don't get it. And bars, we couldn't sell booze. Right, so they weren't into us. Sure. So we were really left with nothing but church basements. So for <laughs> the first right? two years, we did church basements, and they were all free shows. <laughs> Nice. Oh, you know what I mean? And it built up this really yeah, you know, yeah. nice little following. That's really cool, though. That that, that is an interesting thing. So, like, were you guys over like at the Lutheran the, church the, and the stuff? Preachers like that? We didn't did, enjoy uh, it that much. Sometimes. We did um, <laughs> the church. Oh, Jesus, what were you guys it? swearing? Yes. Oh, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Of course. yeah I don't think any of us are religious. Uh, no. 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 None of us are. I mean, we all believe in God. Right. But it's just uh, not, I've got no name to it. Right. Our lead guitar player is a Buddha. Yeah, our league guitar was He couldn't make it tonight. He had right. a school thing to do. I think okay. it was Kwanzaa or something. No, it's not okay. Anyway, so yes, we played, uh, oh, God, what was it called? What's the place called? We played? 56, the one on the And no, since what was it called? No. Asbury. Yeah, Asbury yeah. Church and yeah. Presbyterian Church downtown. Right. Oh, so. First yeah. congregation. So, and then since when you, you developed your following, and I've seen some YouTube YouTube clips of you, you have played some outdoor shows and some sort yeah, of. We're uh, into the recovery oh. circuit a little bit now. So now that you guys have been kind of accepted into that, and you're yeah, kind of little, flowing into that. Yeah, we do Oxfest every year, and we're kind of. Uh, now, where is that? 
Vancouver, and then the first time we played Oxfest was Oregon, and then second time was Vancouver, and the last time this year was, was Perfect. Well, let's listen to another song, and then we'll get back into what you guys are doing these days. This is Angel of Nothing. Nothing by Eight Days Clean, another kick-ass rocking yeah. tune, man. You guys have really got it going. We, we're we're digging the songs? sound. Yes. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so who's the main writer here? Define writer. Uh, uh, the lyrics, the the uh, take us through a process of the song. Somebody bring in some lyrics, somebody's got a lick, you guys put, put it together, and then what yeah. comes out comes out. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to let Tony explain that because... It's important to him. How do we write songs, Tony? Oh, my goodness. This is how it went for the last two albums. We spent a year going, well, we've got a year on this album. We spent a year going, well, we've got a year to come up with an album to show that we've grown. And just like the last album, we walked into the studio with nothing. And uh, came out 10 hours later with an album full of songs. And then we gave them to Ron, who spent the entire summer when he probably should have been <laughs> supporting people. Uh, he spent the entire summer sitting at home writing lyrics. So uh, the new album is actually true. And the new album is called. <laughs> I didn't that I didn't see that coming. That's the truth, actually. <laughs> actually, I, I, write, right. the I write all the songs. I write all the songs, and uh, yeah. the, <laughs> and the new album is titled "Angels of Nothing." Yes, and it's pretty new. It just just came out recently. Is yeah, that November sixth? Yeah. November sixth. So now, t tell us about the uh, what was it? The the competition. Yeah, in the uh, the best There's of no the Northwest. There is no competition. No, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, what do you, what do you <laughs> we, think of the we, competition? How does that work? We hired him to play guitar for us. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, so you stole him away. <laughs> oh, you what mean the we... best of Western Washington? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What best of Western Washington. I don't know. I'm like, I'm lost. Yeah, you know. How many competitions do you think we've been in? <laughs> the King 5 Evening Magazine Best right, of Western Washington. Right, right. Yeah. Correct, yeah. Okay, um, I'm going to go with, like, Glenn, our manager slash promoter, to explain that to okay. you. Okay. So this is Glenn. See everybody. Hey Glenn, the welcome promoter. to the program. Glenn. Hey Glenn. Yeah, well, here's what happened. Thanks, Glenn. So anyway, appreciate you sharing that. Appreciate you sharing that story. Really, this is what really happened. Thanks. Anyways, I was uh, cruising around one night on the internet, and I happened to see the uh, the contest going on on there. And I thanks for the gummy worm in the ear. What were you doing on uh, the internet? Anyways, man? I I <laughs> saw this contest. On? Did you have your and, socks on? <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Jim. Um, anyways, I saw this contest, and I thought it, it might be an interesting way to get a little promo for us. And um, so I entered eight days clean in it because um, I didn't, you know, That's I just I was going to enter Atomic Outlaws. But um, anyways, uh, I, I entered the band in it, and uh, we just got a, a huge response from our fan base. We, uh, we have a huge fan base all over Facebook and MySpace, and uh, we 
within a couple days, we had shot up to like uh, eight. Shot up. Hang on now. Whatever it takes. To 18th place. So then we really this. launched. Because this is this is a voting poll. Yeah, voting poll. Yeah, it's voting. yeah online yeah, voting. voting. And so, so it's not like it's not like the it's not like uh, back in high school where they had the best you know whatever the <laughs> top band where all the bands played and then they had the meter going. This no. was right. You put no. the word Five out. Votes. People yeah. voted. Right. And you came in. Uh, we ended up coming in fourth, fourth. place. That's awesome. Though. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, we yeah. Uh, we had a huge re, uh, huge response uh, from our our fan base, which, like I said, we have a huge one on fan on uh, uh, Facebook, MySpace, Twitter, yeah, um, all oh, over yeah. the all over the country. I mean, yeah. we got fans. We're pretty uh, personal with the with the people on there, so it's not like we're just sending out bulletins. Yeah, I'm catching that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, like somebody said earlier. I mean, we're big in some other places, even like the East Coast. I mean, we got little we got little pockets of people that get into our music and they just you know they like play it at their little their dances and their functions and mm-hmm. uh it's a pretty amazing thing so that's awesome here. now the, we're, we're shocked a tacoma band could actually do anything for the whole northwest well way to represent yeah. the, 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 big, yeah, the, the big the big t-town yeah, yeah, the yeah that's awesome no, that's... Hey, you know why they call it t-town no because it's tony's town <laughs> <laughs> that's right i think wow. they're gonna i think they yeah. put that one wow. day up on the but tacoma that's right, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> tony's town if you lived here you'd be dead Actually, uh, uh, the, the concert that we had at snoqualmie casino was something that uh, glenn got the idea for and uh, he orchestrated that with the guys from kzok and did a really good job putting it on just for the top five bands to play and get out there and showcase. So who were the who named the top five bands? Those eight days clean. Yes. Eight days Spike and the Impaler. Yeah. Did they eight take first clean. place? They would. They they didn't. Um, they took first place in the Internet One King Five Evening Magazine. The Snoqualmie one was a different. Right. See, they and were, I think they that's played. unfair. Right. Yeah. Well, they, they played, but they weren't in that. Well, contest. I think Spike and the Impaler that, should have been removed from the list. That's exactly why the. Give him a mic. Yeah. That's exactly why the con- why the uh, why we ended up having the concert because people had called KZOK and said, you know, it's kind of you guys have a little bit of unfair advantage oh, here. Big time. Yeah. And uh, oh, yeah. so Bob Rivers, he's a great guy. He decided, you know what? Let's sort of even the playing field a little bit, and we'll start playing some of these other bands' music on the radio and uh, give them a little promo. And uh, I mean, it they was a, it was an awesome it was an awesome big thing time. for us. I mean. Th- uh, really, there was four other bands in there, but uh, but they were uh, they eight days clean for about a month became like the house band at KZOK. Yeah, it was totally yeah. just all us. Yeah, I know. I heard you guys on there, and I heard him mention you guys. There was, a, in fact, if you go onto your uh, MySpace page, you guys have a link to one of the conversations that Bob Rivers is having with his staff about the. Uh, they played a song of yours, and they were asking one of the females, "Would you go to this show?" And it's a very it's very cool. I thought that was interesting. And what so, did you say? Yeah, she said she, yeah, said she would, yeah, because he was he was asking her he was asking her is this guy rock you know is this like you know is this like uh, only guys would go to this and dig this and she's like oh no I'd totally you know go to a by show some like of the that. pictures on your MySpace uh, page it looks like a lot of females are going we, to your yeah show. yeah we, we got, got, we, got, we, got <laughs> we try to write music that girls will come listen to right. <laughs> if they will shake their butt to it that's what playing. it's about yeah. <laughs> all right well let's go into another song here this is spoonful of Jesus. Jesus. 
Spoonful of Jesus. Name of the album is Angels of Nothing. And the band Eight Days Clean. They're in the house today. And so, guys, what do you guys have going on right now? What the, what's the, what do you what are you guys shooting for? You guys got some gigs coming up. What's happening these days? Uh, right now, um, we're booking a lot of shows. We've got um, the furthest one away right now is December 29th at the Whiskey A Go Go in L.A. Whoa, nice. nice. The closest one is Friday, this Friday, December 11th at the Central Saloon, and then we're not allowed to announce um, that on... We won't De- tell anybody. Right, no. December 17th at the EMP with Spike and the Impalers. Yeah, but you cool. didn't hear that. Right, yeah, we're not supposed to announce no, that. No, right. totally You can go ahead and leave it on there. <laughs> it's totally happening. <laughs> and, uh, with Spike and the Impalers at the yes. EMP. With Spike and the Impalers at the EMP. And the Central Saloon, that, when is that again? That's this Friday. This that's, Friday. That's with uh, Church of Hate. With Church of Hate, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, very good. So you guys mark your calendars. You want to go check them out. And, hey, it's Christmas time. Where can we get your CD? You can get our CD at cdbaby.com online, you know, for digital download or Rocket Records in Tacoma. And you guys, can, what about if they send you like a notice on MySpace or Facebook? Absolutely. Yes, definitely. Uh, they have to just contact our MySpace and we'll get them the info where to send the money and we can send them, uh, yeah, or Facebook, and we can send them a hard copy of the perfect, CD. Perfect. But we will be shooting a video, the song Angel of Nothing, um, on December 18th. We'll be shooting that video. So. Yeah, and I highly recommend everybody check out the um, their MySpace page. Uh, the Facebook is good. Become their friends on Facebook. You get all the updates and the infos. The MySpace page, however, you've got video clips. You've got songs. That, that's the thing about Facebook. You can't put that stuff up. But your MySpace page is great. And I, I also recommend going through and looking at the history of the band, all of their... Um, their promo flyers for their gigs and stuff, all the artwork and everything. You guys are very creative. I don't know who you have doing that, but um, it's Watch really good me. stuff. Wonder Boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, make sure when you're searching for us, you use a Roman numeral eight. Yes, Roman numeral. Eight. Yeah, if you're going to put in Google. Not to be confused with the Roman numeral seven. Why not seven, Tony? (laughs) Why not seven? (laughs) Is there a seven days clean out there? (laughs) It was kind of a a misprint. People get tired as they're typing out our name, I guess. (laughs) It's high up there in the Google list. (laughs) So, yeah. So, uh, growing up, who were your musical influences? Who did you listen to and said, hey, I can do this, I want to do this? Made you want to play music? Uh, For me, um, was Elvis Presley. That was, for me, was my first music influence. I just know he was more popular to me than Jesus. So I really, I wanted people to like me like that. You know okay, I mean? John Lennon. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. yeah, you sure wasn't Lennon? So, yeah. Definitely Elvis Presley. Did we just the lose cane. your entire fan base? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we gained the old people, all right? Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Tony, who was your influences? Pantera Exodus. <laughs> I really, really love hairspray. Hairspray. I really band. love Slaughter. That's me, Tony. I love and, Slaughter and Dawkins. <laughs> but they suck. I'm sorry. I was just over here trying to figure out how Jeff's going to explain that the Druids were his influence. <laughs> <laughs> we got a good beat, man. <laughs> uh, but whatever, uh, whatever looked cool. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was more into look than I was into music growing up. So whatever looked cool, I really liked, you know. <laughs> that could run the whole gamut, right? I, my very first rock and roll song I ever heard was Come On, Feel the Noise by Quiet Riot. I was like six, five or six years old, and I knew at that moment I wanted to be a rock star. Yeah. I didn't know what I wanted to play, and I didn't know how it worked. I just knew that I wanted to be. It was like magic, and I wanted to be a rock star. That was your thing. Right. And Jeff, Jeff, who are you listening to? I think uh, my first album I, anybody ever gave me was uh, Led Zeppelin Two. Yeah, the Almond Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I get, a, I get a lot of shit about the Almond Brothers. <laughs> Which which brother is it? <laughs> yeah. Jeff Allman. <laughs> I am one of them. Sorry. <laughs> so you were into Zeppelin, kind of the old, the classic rock, like Floyd. Uh, any of the yeah, and then basically got into uh, like all the post-punk, hardcore stuff. Um, a lot of the stuff that came out of uh, Minneapolis, and uh, just good. I've always been attracted to uh, Bon Jovi. Yeah, Bon Jovi. <laughs> but that, I'm not talking sexually. No, he is, talk, he is no. talking sexually. I've just been you attracted to tickets for that tour, right? <laughs> Both nights. Yeah, yeah. 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 So is there something wrong with that? No, nothing at all. I'm heterosexual. He's a Jersey guy. Don't ever say I've always been attracted to and then wait for one of us to finish that. Yeah. <laughs> right, what a setup. Uh, I've always been attracted to just hardcore fundamental men. rock and roll and men uh, <laughs> but just big stinky men <laughs> the bears Poopy pants. well you really must love joe i do yeah uh, <laughs> i haven't had a chance he to smell too. Uh, speaking yeah. of smelling he could yeah. learn to love him yeah. about that have you, you, hey, you guys you want to hear real quick the story of what happened on the way over here yes, ah, sure. let's we'll hear it. Do, let's we'll do anything hold to hold get on. to these interviews we're gonna need, so, we're need a moment of silence everyone just hush over the room good shit Go ahead. So Mom. We're, we're all meeting. At, Not at, good shit. We're meeting at our shit promoter's being house, right? The operative word. <laughs> yeah. We're all going to meet the there. Operative word. So Jeff shows up, and I can hear him. We're in the upstairs, and I, I look down. Am I on? Is this on? Yeah, okay. he's on. So I look down, and I see Jeff, and he's all pissed off getting out of the van, just fucking pissed. Won't even answer my question. Sorry about the language. <laughs> I'm asking him, you know, hey, what's up? And he's all, won't answer. I'm like, no, what, what's going on? He's a fucking dog shit on my seat. <laughs> dog shit on your seat. I think you know. I think he's joking. When he, you know, shit. How did he do that? Got on my seat and shit. I'm like, you know, okay, whatever. So he comes upstairs, pissed off. Turns around, look on his butt. He's got literal dog shit all over his ass. And it's not like it's not the right time to laugh at him, right? No, we gotta wait. Oh, it is. But you're both just killed. trying to like, you know, be cool because he's like. <laughs> Outrageously pissed, so he had to take his pants off and wash them with you know some like dish soap or something. Right, right. So all the way over here, he's just been known as Poopy Pants, and we would Thank really you. like to leave Thank everyone you. with the note of Poopy Pants. Well, I don't know if you guys noticed, shit, you know that he's got some Poopy Pants, and all you guys will be checking out his butt when he leaves. Don't act like <laughs> yeah, you poopy yeah. Pants. You'll want to throw oh, this chair away after we're done. We okay. appreciate you having us. I don't even know what I'm gonna have to do to. Uh... <laughs> So we'll call you Sponge Jeff. Really uh, poopy really pants. Really I don't even know. All right, guys. I'll well, do anything Jeff to be here, man. <laughs> well, we really appreciate you guys coming in. Uh, eight days clean. I hope everybody will check them out. And we're going to just click on their name and uh, we'll link you to their page and also uh, all their upcoming shows. And uh, become friends of theirs on Facebook. Get hooked up with their uh, mailing list. And like I said, it's Christmas time, man. Their CD will make a great stocking stuffer, so make sure you purchase that. Guys, thanks for coming in. Yeah, one more thing. Tell us Northwest Convergence uh, told you to come see us on Facebook 
and we'll give you a discount on a CD. Oh, listen yep. to that. We'll change it from $16 to $15. It'll be 16 We really will give you a discount on sixteen ninety five. All you got to say is Northwest Convergence. Okay, perfect. If you can spell Convergence. Yeah, all right. If you can spell it right. If you can spell NW. Make sure you use spell check. All right, listeners, finally listening to us finally pays off. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we appreciate you guys coming in, and we appreciate the music you guys are making. Also, the stand, the, the clean and sober stand, I think that's a, that's a very cool thing. And, um, you know, uh, we're looking forward to uh, here on the Convergence Show. We will uh, we'll announce any shows you guys have coming up. And we want to be friends of yours. And, and anytime you guys have something to promote or anytime you got a new CD coming out, anything, give us a call. We'd love to have you back or we'll have you on the phone or whatever. We just want to say yeah. real quick. See you next week. We just want to say real quick. Now. You don't have to be clean and sober to appreciate us. It just didn't work for us any right. other way. Yeah, that's pretty much the truth. Yeah, but it's a, it's a good thing. I mean, it's it's working for you guys, and uh, and you know, I mean, as a lot of people struggle with that stuff, and I think they can look up to you guys and see that you can have a hard rocking, really good, fun time. And it can be clean and sober. I mean, it doesn't have to be if it you know if somebody can do it responsibly. But for those who can't. You I'm know, and who are having trouble us. with it? Yeah. Right. Look at these guys. And I'm they're living doing the dream. It. And it doesn't man. have to be soulless music either. Yeah, it doesn't. You know. You know. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Uh, you India. listen to our stuff, you can't tell. I can recover All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming in. We're big fans. Thank Thanks. You. Merry Christmas. Yeah, that is eight days clean. A great interview, and uh, they were here in the man cave, and uh, as part of their writer for their appearance, uh, we had to provide Dairy Gold chocolate milk. <laughs> so uh, and gummy when, bears. And go, so whenever you have them, make sure to have that. Or plenty of them. They'll just get up and leave. They motored through that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think they had a little bit more than that when they got here. They were amped up on a little bit of sugar or something. Yeah. Well, uh, well but they're eight gummy days. bears. They're clean, man. They're clean, but so it's. I think be- it's. I think it's gummy bears and uh, chocolate milk. You can relate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just because I tend to get over on that. Yeah. All right. Well, eight days clean. Those guys are cool. It was great to have them in. We're going to have them back for sure. And we're going to tell you about They told you about the shows that are coming up. But um, we'll keep you posted on what's going on in their world. So uh, thank you to those guys. And uh, thank you for, uh, you know, for supporting them. Write those guys, man. They're going to give you a discount on some CDs. Right. Yeah. Shoot, that's awesome. That's, that's nice an exclusive deal. to the Northwest Convergence Zone show. We're digging that. All right. Let's transition into some birthdays. And this week in Celebrity Birthdays, these are people that, you know, you might see hanging out. Right. You know, it's Christmas time, too. It's the holiday season. Yeah. So, you know, pat them on the back. Tell him happy birthday, whatever. And the first guy up, of course, this is one of my all-time heroes in football. This guy was just—he he was the original crew cut guy. He was—he was a manster. Yeah, Dick Butkus, gonna be 66. He was on some show too. Remember that? In yeah, the, I can't uh, remember what the name no, of. We, what, oh, it no, it was a TV show. Right, right. I was thinking of the one with uh, Alex Karras with the no. Baxter. Dick Butkus was on some some sitcom thing. Anyway, Brenda Lee is gonna be 64. And of course, get your pet spayed and neutered, Bob Barker. Yeah, and you got Brenda Lee is uh, rocking around the Christmas tree. Yeah, so. and she's a tiny little lady. She's four foot nine. They called her Little Miss Dynamite. Wow! And last year in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Perfect. All right, Way now, to go, Brenda. Now we got to go beyond birthdays from beyond. December eighth, nineteen forty-three, the Lizard King came into the world. 
Jim Morrison. And left way too soon. Way too soon. He's in the 27 Club. Uh, would have been 65 There's years old. There's a great band in Seattle that does... Uh, Doors cover? Or? Yeah, and they are good, man. Well... Yeah, left. We should try to have them on. And and irreplaceable. I mean, you know, there's yeah. no one taking his place. He was out there, but he was awesome. Uh, December 10th, 1928, my favorite Cartwright brother. <laughs> he went by Hoss. Hoss. And he wore the big 10 gallon. That would be Dan Blocker. Yeah. Uh, 80 years old if he was alive today, and I wish he was because I always loved Hoss. Yeah, Hoss was great. And then on December 12th, 1915, well, he only has to go by one name. He has many names. Frank Sinatra, the chairman of the board. Oh, man. Yeah, 93 years old in Sinatra. Did you know that Squeeze, uh, when he played at the Puyallup Fair, was uh, working out there during that time, doing the, the video and stuff? On the Sinatra show? Yes. Oh, He was like on the stage with Sinatra, man. That would have been great. I would have loved to see Sinatra, and I have not, but uh, no, I the won't. Close, closest I ever came is in Vegas they have a Rat Pack tribute and the guy who does Sinatra is amazing he's like Sinatra like uh like he's been inhabited by Sinatra I mean he really has the voice and the presence but anyway moving forward we got this day in rock a little bit of Stone's history right here yeah this is uh, a kind of major Stone's day in rock history on December 6 1969 the Stones played the infamous Altamont concert oh, man. in California. and That uh, was on this day? That was this day, December oh, 6th, wow. 1969. And uh, along with them, which uh, you always hear about the whole incident with the Stones and what happened. The Hells but, Angels and the stabbing right, and all it the was, crap. But the Jefferson Airplane were there, Santana, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and the Flying Burrito Brothers. Well, Stones fan Meredith Hunter... He was stabbed to death as the Stones played by the Hells Angels, who were hired as security by the Stones. <laughs> what would they think? That was a nice move. Get the uh, Hells Angels in What security. year was this? 1969. Yeah, man. That's not a smooth move. But also, it wasn't just that fan. One man drowned at the concert at Altamont. Two men were killed by a hit-and-run car accident. Holy smokes. But to balance it out and to end on a happy note, Two babies were born there. Hey, That's right. So, you know, if you were born in 69, yeah, I was born in Altamont. Yeah, my name is Al. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was at the Stone Show in Seattle when that chick fell off the uh, the railing. Was that the uh, Star Stage one uh, where the Stones it had was the, in the Star Stage? No, and... it was in the 80s. I don't remember what the stage was. But okay. I was way in the back. It was in the 80s, yeah. I, and I remember hearing about it on the way home. I love the Stones. A great uh, studio band, but... Everything I always heard. They Worst live band I've ever seen. Horrible live band. They never seemed to pull no, it off. No, they were terrible. Except for their just hardcore followers where they couldn't do any wrong, but I've always heard that. Yeah. I don't know about the, They play those smaller venues sometimes. That might They might pull it off there, but on the big stage, uh, they didn't pull it off to me. So anyway, hey, next up on the program, uh, this, is a, this was a real delight, man. This was a treat to talk to this guy. He has his whole career spent right here in Seattle on the radio. Marty Reamer uh, most recently was on The Mountain, and uh, he and Jody uh, got the old Axaroonie, like a lot of people are doing, and yeah, nobody, nobody corp corporate radio. Corporate no radio blows. Yeah, nobody understood what was going on, but the good news is they're back. That's they they may not be ha have a full show, but they're gonna, he'll explain they're doing this new thing on, well, 
The Jack. The Jack. Back on 96. Uh, it's 96. a start, Five. folks. It's a start. Yeah, we'll get him back. He, he, I think he's on his way, man. I think he's just easing on back into the road. So, uh, anyway, great interview right here. Marty Reamer. Today on the podcast, we have a another Northwest legend broadcaster, Marty Reamer. And he has been, uh, I think he's been in the Northwest the entire his entire career, don't you think, Joe? Yes, I believe that's true, isn't it? I, so, Marty, welcome to the show, my friend. Hello, gentlemen. Big D, big Joe. What hey. a bigness. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> we take up a lot of the convergence zone. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine so. Yeah, I am uh, a rarity in, in the radio world. My entire career spent in, uh, in Seattle. Yeah, let's go back to the beginning. Now, uh, I, I find your history quite fascinating. When uh, Now, were you born here, or did you come over with your parents? Uh, my parents moved to, from Germany to Delaware, and then didn't really want to have kids when they moved to here, and then all of a sudden they realized this would be a good place to raise kids. So we were born, both my sister and I were born here in the U.S. So you were born here in the U.S., and your parents, uh, your dad was a Boeing engineer, is that correct? Uh, eventually became a Boeing engineer. Went from Delaware, worked on the space program down in Florida, and then when that went away, uh, came to Seattle. And in fact, we moved to Seattle right in the midst of that, you know, last person to leave town. From <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's famous era yes we came while everyone was leaving <laughs> wow so you had the city all to yourself well, pretty much for a while that's changed since oh yeah, perfect now where did you go to uh, where'd you go to school around here auburn oh you went oh, to auburn high. Right. Yeah. okay perfect oh. and auburn high now you guys are in the south end as well right uh, well, Big Joe went to... Uh, Kent Ridge High School. Kent Ridge. Yes. Yeah. And I went to Wilson High School in Tacoma. Okay. And we have some other guys here who, uh, well, our, uh, our sound tech guy, he's going to Curtis right now. He's our intern. Uh-huh. And uh, so we're all Northwest. I mean... And, and I'm a purple bleeding dog also. Okay. Yes. Awesome. So let's... And you're bleeding a lot these days. <laughs> oh, for the, I have to get transfusions on a regular basis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, uh, let's go into your broadcasting history. You, uh, if, I'm, if, uh, if I'm reading everything correct, did you start out just hanging out at KGRG up there at... Um, yeah, well, this was the ploy. My... my my father, who's a Ph.D. engineer, and my sister's a Ph.D. engineer, and my brother-in-law is a Ph.D. engineer. Uh, you know, uh, you can see the trend there. Everyone in the family was meant to be an engineer. And, uh, and my dad had that plan for me early on. I, meanwhile, just was somehow fascinated by the concept of radio. Still am. Still have the radio bug even after 30 years. There's something about sitting in a, in a studio all by myself and and yet having a connection with, with people that I don't even know exist. Uh, something surreal about that. But I had that even at that age, even like when I was 12, 13 years old, and I went to my dad and said, hey, there's a, a radio station down at the college, uh, which was just, you know, I don't know, a uh, 15-minute bike ride from my house. And he said, you know, what you need to do is for them to take you seriously at your age, you need to get yourself a... Uh, a broadcast license at the time there were third class second class first class licenses. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> and third class was what you uh, was the minimum that you needed in order to broadcast second class was what you needed to become an engineer at a radio station and first class would be to become an engineer at a tv station so it was it was advanced math and theory and and electronics and 
So he said, if you walk into that station with a first-class license, they will take you seriously. And I went, that makes sense to me. <laughs> My dad had ulterior motives. He basically wanted me to learn all this theory and you know, engineering technology. And so I checked out some books and spent the summer studying like a madman and, and you know, passed my third class and then went and took my second class. You had to take them downtown at the federal building in downtown Seattle. So I'd hop a bus and take it, a bus into town and take the test. And I'd fail the second class and then I came back, took the second class again, eventually passed it and finally got my first class license. And it was true. I marched into that, into that college radio station and at first they laughed at me that I was this young kid that wanted to be on the air. And, and then I said, but I have my first class license. And they went, whoa. <laughs> and, uh, and they, you know, to their credit, they said, well, we're not on the air on the weekends anyhow, so you might as well just come in and turn the power on and, you know, play around for a while. So awesome. that's, uh, that's how it began there. I still have my third class license framed somewhere. <laughs> it's a waste of a good frame. Dude. Yeah, yeah, you don't need those anymore. Well, Marty, Marty, I'm a proud alum of the Ron Bailey School of Broadcasting, and I actually received my first class license back in those days. But uh, I uh, didn't oh, that's work. Awesome. To to graduate from Ron Bailey. Did you you had to get a license of some kind, right? Yes, yeah, and uh, the way that they did the test was uh, they had ringers take the test, and then we memorized all the questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's awesome, and you also had to probably uh, steal some money on Ron Bailey's behalf. <laughs> oh yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, uh, to pay his uh, federal uh, bail, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, God that bless place Ron went. Bailey. Yeah, God uh, bless yeah. him. That place went down in flames. <laughs> So, okay, so from KGRG then, uh, and you're a young kid, and we won't get into the whole van incident. <laughs> yeah, there was that. <laughs> there was that. And uh, so from there, did you, is it correct, did you go down to uh, and work with, uh, at KISW as, you, as an intern? No, what I, what I did was uh, I graduated from high school at Auburn High, and then I uh, just went to, so I never actually attended Green River College. I went to the UW speaking of Bleeding Purple, and enrolled in the engineering program there. And then just as a sideline, just for fun, I uh, took an air shift at uh, KCMU, the predecessor to KEXP. And um, and, uh, at at that time, KCMU was kind of a hard rock, heavy metal station. No one listened to it. No one wanted to work there. You you (laughs) could walk in and, you know, work. (laughs) <laughs> Six-hour shifts every day of the week, if you wanted. Sweet. And we turned it. This was in the early '80s, and we flipped it to a punk alternative new wave format. And uh, like yeah. literally overnight, the interest in it exploded, and everyone wanted to work there, and everyone on campus was listening to it. So that was kind of an exciting time to, or, or it was also exciting to see what you could do with a radio station if you tweaked the format just right. So and I worked there for a couple years, and. Uh, and then a gal I knew from high school was dating the program director from KZOK. She called me up one night and said, hey, I'm dating the program director from KZOK, and I was telling him about you and that you've been in radio for a long time but never done it professionally. Would you want to come in? And I'm like, oh, my God, of course I'd want to come in. So <laughs> I brought a tape to this guy, and, um, and he said, oh, I, I, think, I don't think he even listened to my tape. He said, hey. Um, great, you want to be on the air this weekend? And I, that, I lost it. You know? Wow, yes. This is it. So, that's yeah, radio, so that's radio dreaming. Morning, 6 to noon on KZOK was my very first shift, and that would have been 82, something in yeah, 1982. Nice, yeah, that's a radio dream right there. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but it was, 
my my perception of radio was a little bit out of whack because I literally left the radio station uh, that day thinking, gosh, I hope no one recognizes me from having been on the air. So, <laughs> so there were a couple things that were out of whack about radio at that point. I remember my first, my literally my first day on a commercial station. So my first morning on that on KZOK, it was a it was an all request weekend. And a guy by the name of Mike Jones, who's still in the radio business, I think he produces for Ron and Don over at Cairo. Oh, okay. Uh, and he was a producer for Bob Rivers for many years. Uh, he was the guy that was on overnight. So he was on midnight to six, and then I picked up where he left off. And so he was the guy to kind of give me a quick overview of the studio and how things work. And then he split. And as he was going over everything, uh, he's like, you know, here we were using turntables at that time, so he's like, turntables, here's your mic switch, you know, here are your liner cards, so you have something to talk about. And he goes, have fun, I'm out of here. And I said, whoa, 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 it's, it's an all-request weekend. I, I said, where do I plug the requests in? And he goes, request? We don't play requests. Kind of shatters the whole illusion of what an all-request weekend is about. So, yeah. you wait. And I mean, after a while, you you learn to accept that the stuff that people were requesting were stuff that you were going to end up playing anyhow. So he goes, just every once in a while, say, hey, this is for Kent. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a little uh, inside radio right there. I remember, I remember my first all request too, and it, it is a shocker, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they play one request an hour, that's what they call an all request weekend. And, and, and besides, how many times can you play Stairway to Heaven anyhow? That's exactly right. <laughs> yes. you get the same three requests. <laughs> Uh, so it, it is annoying. It would be uh, terribly annoying if you actually did play those same three requests <laughs> over and over again. Yeah. So now, uh, let, speaking of requests, let's let's go forward to the uh, the X days. Yeah. You guys actually, there was a guy on the station. It was his name, Norman B. Norman B. Yeah. Yeah. He. Uh, I used to work uh, graveyard shift, and I would call him. And if you would call up with an obscure enough, cool enough song, he would play it. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Norman he, B. I, there's a guy that I'm friends with on Facebook whose name is Norman B. And I, I, I always wonder whatever happened to Norman B. Like, is he... Yeah, was I don't he, even know if that's him. I, I suppose I could maybe make contact with him, but that seems like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, wasn't he like... He had like an accent, but I could never quite peg it. Yeah, it was probably phony. I think, <laughs> it, probably, time, I think it probably was. You yeah, know. At that time, if you had an accent, you were guaranteed an air shift in Seattle. <laughs> Because I think every like MTV needed a British accent, yes. an Australian accent, and uh, and that's why he, I do know that he left KXRX and was one of the first jocks at the end. Right, that's uh, correct. When yeah. the end first launched, yeah, and now, that was ultimately the demise of of KXRX. We haven't even talked about the the birth of KXRX. We're no, already yeah, on the let's demise. let's talk about the birth of it because you uh, when they started the X, that really hit the scene, and that was like the station for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, and I wasn't uh, quite honestly, I wasn't there for the birth. The birth would have been the most exciting part to to be there for, because that was like old. Um, I don't know how if if the folks in your audience know the the nitty gritty of broadcast, uh, the legalities of broadcasting, but but back then, a company was restricted by the FCC to owning one FM station and one AM station in each market. That was it. So, you know, what is it? How many? Uh, there are like 44 FM stations in Seattle or something. Um, 
And so each one of those stations was owned by a different company. So the competition was intense, it was yes. ferocious, because everyone was your enemy. Now, uh, you know, since uh, <laughs> consolidation and, and deregulation, a company can, I think, own... I wish I knew this number exactly. I think it's seven, seven I, FM stations. It's and, something like that. Yeah, I think you can probably own the entire AM. Dial, yeah, I think so. As long as you promise to push Rush, put Rush Limbaugh on, <laughs> on every station that you own. So, so uh, yeah, back then it was just, um, it was uh, brutal, and, and it was very competitive, and everyone was trying to figure out just any way you could get a leg up on your competition. Um, and Steve West was the general manager at KISW, beloved general manager, still is to this day. And a new company, a, an insurance company, Nationwide Insurance, came in and bought KISW. And one of their first, one of their bookkeepers' first jobs was to look at Steve West's salary, who was a legendary manager in Seattle, worked at KJR and brought glory to KISW and KJR in it. And uh, one of their first jobs was to say, we don't pay our general managers this much at Nationwide Insurance, <laughs> and they cut his pay. Well, overnight he left, and he then formed a liaison with uh, Shamrock Broadcasting, which was a company owned by uh, Roy Disney, uh, Walt well, Disney's nephew. Yeah. And they came up with the idea of the X, and Steve West said, you know, if you start this radio station... I bet you I could recruit all this talent from KSW. So they did, and Robin and Maynard came over, and Crow and West came over. That's and, right. Uh, I mean, they, and Dr. Marty Reamer. Marty Reamer came over. But uh, all those guys just came over and just left KSW at empty shell. And so those were the glory days of KXRX. I came a few years after after all that. Yeah, but you, uh, but you, you held down the fort. I mean, I remember listening to. Uh, you're right. The X was the king for a while, and all the talent came over the Crow and West show and all that stuff. But then Marty Reamer shows up, and you started rocking the house too. Yeah, I was. Uh, that, honestly, it was it was a dream job when when they called me up and asked me if I wanted to do middays. I said, "Oh my God, are you insane?" I would be on the air between. I think at that time, Crow and West were mornings, Robin and Maynard were afternoons, Bo Roberts was in the evening. That's right. Just this insane lineup. I mean, that was a... Nowadays, you, you could run ten radio stations on, on that group of people. Yeah, that's like the greatest hits of Seattle uh, personalities right there. Un unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's and insane. it was all a tribute to Steve West, uh, because... I mean, they were, everyone was getting paid very well, but it was also just for the love of, of him and, and his love of broadcasting. I mean, he did everything right. You know, they opened a store that sold nothing but, but X wear, you know, yeah. X hats and X shirts and... Keychains. Uh, did you ever set foot in the in the brand I did, X yeah. I had, a X, I had an X shirt, I had an X keychain, I had an X hat. That, the guy who ran that was a total bakehead. <laughs> he was, he, he was. was awesome in that, you know, you, and he you, said, you'd walk in there and you'd go, oh, my gosh, he is so smoking his profits away. Because was, he was independent from the radio station, but somehow he came up with this idea that he was going to sell nothing but the, the wear from one radio station. And, you know, had he not had the horrible... You know, pot habit would have been probably fairly successful. For a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just remember every everything was dude. 
That's cool, dude. You, yeah. like, you like that, dude? Yeah. That'll be oh, ten fifty, dude. <laughs> like, I, you know, occasionally you'd be driving down Seattle, you'd see him, you know, hitchhiking on the freeway, and you'd be going, "Oh my god, yeah, that's that guy." You are a business owner. Yeah. <laughs> so so now, uh, no, those were great times. That was one unbelievable uh, time in radio, and then you know, consolidation happened, and then uh, there was that. There was that weird, crazy time where companies would come in and buy a radio station for one million, and then sell it, you know, two minutes later for ten million, and then another two minutes later for twenty million. Now tell so, us, tell us about the day that uh, the infamous day, of course, that uh, Kurt Cobain died. Uh, I can barely make out the the infamous day. What that Kurt Cobain died? Oh yeah, well that was already after the the death knell had sounded for. Um, for KXRX, and so that was just a weird set of circumstances that I was even in the position that I was, because um, they had sold, Shamrock Broadcasting had sold KXRX, the writing was on the wall that the new company that was going to come in was going to flip the format and was going to turn it into a country station, (laughs) and Robin and Maynard had something like 85 weeks of vacation still on the books, because Robin got about, you know... 40 weeks of vacation every year. <laughs> so they were the ones, Robin and Maynard checked out like two months before the radio station was about to flip. We were all told that that we were gone. Right. And Shamrock Broadcasting was a great company, and they said, you know, we'll take really good care of you with Severance as long as you don't, A, lose our license, and you stick with <laughs> us through the, until the flip. And uh, so we had incentive to stay there. Robin and Maynard gone because they had vacation already. So it was myself and, and Bo Roberts on the air in the morning. Uh, and gosh, I should remember the date. April 1994? Is that when it was? April? Uh, I think it was. April 1994. I believe you're correct, yes. Right. And uh, gray, rainy day, and uh, Bo was the DJ. I was doing news in the morning. We get a phone call on the the request line. Bo actually answers it, buzzes me, and says, there's a guy, crazy guy on the line, who says he's got a report that Kurt Cobain has committed suicide. I'm like, hang up on him. we got to go. <laughs> um, so Bo hangs up on it. A couple minutes later, Bo buzzes me again in the newsroom and says, this guy just called back. He swears that Kurt Cobain has committed suicide. And I'm like, okay, I'll talk to him. So I talk to the guy, and he, I'm not really paying any attention, and I end up hanging up on him as well. Finally, he calls the front desk and says, you know, can I be, and the front desk buzzes me, and I'm like, man, this guy's intense. If he's just pranking us, then, you know, he really wants us to pay off. So I talk to him, and he starts giving me all sorts of details about, you know, I work for an electrical contractor, and we're doing some work putting an alarm system at Cobain's house, and the electrician just um, walked into uh, this one building, and Cobain's laying there with a shotgun at his side. And there was so much detail. I mean, he gave me so much detail that I thought, this is, there might be some legitimacy to this. So I quickly shouted to our producer. I said, call the police department and see if if they've dispatched anyone. But it was a weird feeling because you... You never, when something really major like this hits you first, yeah. you never think you're the first. So 
we were flipping around the dial going, okay, is anybody talking about this? Why isn't any, I mean, this would be huge news. Why isn't anyone talking about this? Never once did I think I was going to be the first one to hear. And so our producer called the police department. The police department said, yeah, we've dispatched a cruiser to Cobain's house, but that's all we can tell you. Well, if that was the case, then the other part of what the guy had told us was probably true as well. And so then we went on the air. We, you know, right after a song, we went on the air and said we have unconfirmed reports that Kurt Cobain has committed suicide. The, uh, uh, you know, victim of a shotgun blast to the head. Um, we'll tell you more as we know more. And wow. And no. even, even then, we didn't believe that it was true. We thought maybe it was going to be somebody else at Kurt Cobain's house uh, had, you know run into some trouble yeah were you um, nervous about putting that up uh say, say that again were you nervous about putting that oh, info absolutely. up? absolutely but also uh, i i think we would have been more nervous had we thought it was true but we thought oh this is all going to come out to be kind of like a, a complete misunderstanding somehow and then we'd laugh and and move along with our day but the phone line blew up like every line lit up and, and the front desk was, was going berserk, and they were, they were running in going, oh, my God, we've got Kurt Cobain's sister on the line. She wants to know where you heard this. And, <laughs> and at that point, we were nervous. At that point, we were yeah. like, oh, my God, we've opened Pandora's box here. How are we going to put the lid on this again? And it, pro- it took probably you know, 20 minutes, a half an hour of that craziness. Maybe not that long. Maybe 15 minutes. But that was a 10, 15 minutes before we confirmed that, in fact, that was Kurt Cobain and, and it had happened. And then uh, we called a friend of ours that worked at Associated Press and told them, and that's how my name got attached to it. And so now whenever you Google Marty Reamer on, on the Internet, my name always comes up in, in a, a thousand different languages. It's always, look, knock, 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 Kurt Cobain, <laughs> KXRX Marty Reamer. Yeah, well, I remember the day it happened. I, I was listening. I remember when it went down, and we were all just, you know, it was like, this has got it. We were waiting for the joke. Yeah. You know, we were waiting for the, uh, you well, know. Well, good. The, then you received it exactly the way we <laughs> we were, were yeah. delivering it. We thought the same thing. We thought, okay, some, this is going to turn out to be a huge hoax. And yeah. even if we're the butt of the joke, oh, well, we'll laugh at ourselves. Yeah, like a promo or something for, you know, something coming up for Nirvana. I thought it was like some kind of hoax, but yeah. uh, it was the real deal. All right, well, uh, we don't want to take too much more of your time because we really appreciate you coming on. We know you're a busy guy. Briefly, uh, we everybody knows that uh, you and Jody have been at the mountain for, for years and years and years. And great morning program. I do have to ask one question about the mountain, though. Can you give us some background detail on the Ryan Adams affair? <laughs> have you... Uh, you you got to go to YouTube and Google that that song. I've, yeah, I've heard I, it. I was new to the mountain. Uh, I, after KXRX went away, after KXRX flipped and became young country, I left radio for a while because I had told myself, I, I, let's, let's be honest, I think you guys agree, KXRX is one of the greatest radio stations of all time. Absolutely. Yes. I got a chance to work there. I was done. Like, I, I really felt like, okay, man, I lived my dream. This is what every broadcaster would want. I checked out. So I, I went off and did some independent, I built a, I, I flipped a house, you know, rebuilt a house and flipped it. And, and then I started nice. working on, you know, developing a, a video production company. And 
And in the course of doing all that, I would always have the radio playing in the background, cause still kind of a radio junkie. Sure. And during that time, I ended up listening to the mountain. And uh, one day, the general manager at the mountain called me up and said, hey, would you be interested in coming back on the air? This was years later. And I went, nah, you know, I've kind of done radio, but, but I would like to see what all the DJs look like, because <laughs> I was a fan. So I went down there just to, you know, do what a lot of listeners want to do, is to put a face to a voice. And, and, and if you've ever done it, you only want to do it once, because then you go, oh, this is why they're on radio. Uh, so I, uh, yeah, so anyhow, they offered me a job, and I thought, okay, maybe I could, it'd be fun to be back on the air, and it was an afternoon gig, which is the cake gig in all of radio. And, uh, and so I was on the air, and I'd only been on the air for six months, and I was a huge Whiskey Town fan, Ryan Adams' fan. <laughs> And so they said, hey, Ryan Adams and Whiskey Town, they're going to come in, they're going to perform on your show, you do a little interview, you know. And I was like, wow, that's cool, man. I'm only here for a couple months, and I'm already interviewing one of my you know, favorite <laughs> musicians. Right. Oh, my God, he was such an ass. <laughs> oh, he couldn't have been a bigger jerk. He, he, he did things that I've never seen any artist do before or since. He combed all his hair in front of his face during the interview so that I couldn't see his face. And then he hid behind his guitar, so I'd ask him a question, but I was talking to his guitar and a big face full of hair. <laughs> and, and then I, you know, I was nervous because it was like my first real interview on the mountain, and I'd ask him questions like, so, you know, you're almost defining this, this format called alternative country. And he goes, the term doesn't mean anything to me. Like, okay, that's going to be a dead end. Then. And it was just this whole series of things. You know, I'd say, you know, God, I, I love your music. And then he'd say, get in line. And, and, just, just, and then we had listeners who'd come in specifically to meet him. And he refused to meet with any of them. And he's a total jerk. And, and I, I was embarrassed. So that I, I did the only thing I know how to do. And that is if I... I appear the complete idiot, then I just make fun of myself. And so I made fun of the whole situation, how, how Ryan out of And I blew it completely out of proportion. For years, I talked about it. So 10 years later, he came back to the radio station, and he performed this song called I'm Sorry, Marty. Yes. <laughs> that's a, that's a great really song. Should. I don't know if you can put a link to it on your guys' site or whatever. But yeah, it, we'll do that. It's really like, it's a clever song. And it's a good song. It's amazing because you... Because I've listened to it so many times wondering, did he plan ahead? Did he plan the lyrics ahead? Or did he just on the spot go, oh, I should do something kind of fun to make up for, you know, what an ass I was. Buckets of ass, I think, is how he describes it. Buckets of ass. Yeah, he talks about being young and being stupid. And it was a great, yeah, yeah it's a fun song. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and, and during the entire time that I, you know, I always on the air kind of poked at him and said, you know, he was a, a jerk to me. I still, he's still one of my favorite musicians. So but who would, who would be your, one of your favorite interviews? My favorite, one of my favorite interviews would be uh, Joe Strummer of The Clash. Oh, yeah. Nice. I, I think partly because I expected him to have a little bit of Ryan Adams attitude. And if anyone could, it'd be the guy, you, yeah. know, you know, founding member of The Clash. And uh, he couldn't have been nicer. And he, he talked about things that, that I experienced as a fan, you know, when The Clash first toured the U.S. with The Who, and it was a completely, you know, no one really thought that through. 
that the Clash fan was not necessarily the Who fan. Right. <laughs> and, and uh, I mean, because now the Clash is considered, you know, is considered such mainstream rock, but at the time, yeah. the Who was, you know, establishment arena rock, and the Clash, they were rebels. And That's right. And the fact that Ben Joe Strummer died, um, you know, not, I, I think it was less than a year later, so the fact that I got to talk to him so close before his death, and he was really, really a sweet guy. That is awesome. That is a great story. Now you have uh, you and Jody have a new gig on Jack FM ninety six point five. We're back to ninety six dot five. Yeah, <laughs> how about that? <laughs> yeah. we never. I don't think we were ever supposed to say dot. We always had to play some weird sound. It would always be ninety six. <laughs> so seven nineteen and five nineteen. Yeah, you guys so it's are a tiny. You know, it's a DJ free zone there on. on yes. Jack. And How's that work? So we're uh, we're bringing the funnies to Jack, and they. Uh, I love them because they got it. We we said you know what we should do is we should bring the funnies to you guys, but we should play them one minute earlier than we did on the mountain. Right. And they said. Oh, absolutely. So they <laughs> they signed on, and then they also agreed to support us in our our uh, producing our live our live comedy shows. So we've got another uh, Marty Reamer Funny Festival. This will be our sixth one, and they have just been such phenomenal successes. It's uh, January fifteenth at the Paramount Theater with uh, a very funny guy named Bill Burr headlining, but then uh, Jeff Garland from Curb Your Enthusiasm yes. performing. And a Seattle guy who's gone on to L.A. since Nick Thune and Christian Finnegan. So four comedians, January 15th, Paramount Theater. There's my plug. Right. Go. 8 o'clock, be there. 8 o'clock. 7.59, actually. That's One right. before <laughs> most shows start. On, yeah, and on the dot. Make sure it starts on the dot. Right, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, Marty, we have, uh, before we let you go, we've got to do the Big Ten. Okay, very good. And uh, we'd love to have you back on sometime. I know you're a busy man, but we're big fans, and we really appreciate you spending time with us. Well, thanks. It's been fun. So, right. yeah, Big Ten, uh, number one, your favorite food. Uh, favorite food. God, I'm horrible at these questions because I just freeze up. <laughs> uh, uh, my favorite food is pizza. There you go. And what, uh, what kind of car are you driving these days through West Seattle? I am driving a Subaru from Carter Subaru. Yes, <laughs> and a and a because uh, yeah, I'm still I still know how to hawk myself. <laughs> <laughs> Radio guys never die. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. What would be your favorite team? Uh, Sport, uh, sports you're team. Very quiet. What would be my favorite team? Sports team. Sports team. Sports team. Um, what is my favorite sports team? Yeah, uh, probably a. Uh, Huskies, although hard oh. to say these days. Go dogs! Yeah. Good answer. <clears throat> and what was your first paying job? McDonald's. There you go. <laughs> right. Take fries with that. Yeah, and then uh, shortly there, shortly after getting fired from there, I installed. Uh, I laid cable, as they say. <laughs> uh, seriously, I did. I laid cable in uh, in Bonnie Lake Cable TV. I brought. Cable TV to Bonnie Lake. Oh, yeah. right. I live yeah. in Bonnie Lake, so I appreciate that. You do? You live in Bonnie Lake? <laughs> yes, I do. Oh, oh, 
no kidding. Well, do you have cable? <laughs> well, we just got it a few years ago. They had to stretch that cable that you originally laid, but yeah. it took a Signal's while. It's strong, isn't it? Solid, solid <laughs> signal. Yes. Yeah. It's that long, skinny cable. <laughs> you have me to thank. I can't believe you uh, don't show me more respect. <laughs> <laughs> From now on, believe me, I will. <laughs> we bow down. I, I'm not little, worthy. Uh, I'm not your, worthy. The cable company was out of a little uh, house next to the police station. <laughs> <laughs> and down the street from the Dairy Queen. Oh, my memories of laying cable. <laughs> nice. And, uh, okay, what is your favorite tool? Favorite tool that you use? You, you rebuild houses and do stuff? What do you like to hammer around with? The, the, i got to tell you, the battery-operated drill, how people, how, how, how anyone built anything before the battery-operated drill blows my mind. Yes. Drill what, driver, you know. Exactly, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, that's tough stuff. Well, what's the first album... That you ever bought? Oh, so embarrassing. Uh, Bachman Turner Overdrive 2. No. <laughs> yes. uh, uh, seriously. Good Canuck band right there. Yeah. Oh, right. Uh, a good butt rocking band. Yes, it is. You. <laughs> there is Auburn in my blood. There, that's right. you got to have the Trans Am for that one. Yeah. And for you, if you have time, I don't know if you have time, but for you, what is a can't-miss TV show right now? Oh gosh, I've got a few. Uh, I, I, I'll tell you right now, I'm I'm loving because I'd say The Office is probably at the top of my list. Lost, Twenty Four, those are. But right now, I'm hooked on this new show, Modern Family. Yeah, oh yeah, that's a good one. It's kind of like Arrested Development, right. which was the show that I loved more than all of them. Yeah, it was a little bit of a ripoff, but it's working. Yeah. And for you, what's uh, what's your favorite movie? Favorite movie? Yes. Um, oh, my gosh. What a horrible one to freeze on. Okay, what was the last movie you saw? I have a three-year-old girl, and going to a movie these days... That's tough. ...is, is really tough. Um, the last one I can remember is when I saw it with her, which was Up. <laughs> Man, <laughs> that's that's been on the list that. a few times. Yeah. That's a good movie. So... Uh, you know, uh, the, the, what was that movie, um, a movie that I loved, uh, Memento, the one that played oh, backwards? Yeah, that's a good one with all the, the snapshot pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Memento. I just thought that was such a clever idea yeah, and I'm, executed very well. I'm so with you I'd on like that one. i say Memento. Very good. Okay, the last concert that you attended. <laughs> Where's the last concert I attended? Um, Your daughter's recital? <laughs> uh, would have been, uh, oh, uh, the last one, no. Uh, no, three, too young for that. Um, would have been uh, Michael Franti at Bumbershoot. Oh, very nice. And uh, your favorite drink? I, my, uh, my favorite drink is probably uh, grape juice. Nice. A little bit of that goes a long ways. That's right. Antioxidants. <laughs> yes. It goes well with everything. That's your way of saying, God, I would never touch that. <laughs> <laughs> and our last one of the Big Ten. What is your favorite place in the Northwest? West Seattle. Yes. I, I tell you, I am such a cheerleader for where I live. I uh, love that place. I used I, to live in West Seattle. I lived there for about 10 years. I loved it. I'm an old West Seattle kid, too. Hey, Hanging out at the junction. and You guys, I'm going to name a place that you don't have some connection with. 
because I mentioned Bonnie Lake. Oh yeah, I mentioned uh, I mentioned you know North Puget Sound League. Oh yeah, Kent Ridge. <laughs> you guys are almost more connected here than I am. That's why we're the Northwest Convergence Zone. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> well, Marty, thank you so much for spending some time with us, and uh, congrats on the uh, new gig over at the uh, Jack. And uh, best of luck with the uh, the the comedy festival. And uh, we. You know, we've we listened to you for a long time. We consider you a Northwest legend, and it's been a pleasure to talk to you. I hope we can yeah. do it again sometime. And we look forward Thank to hearing you very much. We look forward to hearing you again real soon, too, Marty. Yeah. I appreciate it very much. It was a, a great time with you, and sorry, sorry to have uh, kept missing our appointments uh, so many times in the past. No, we understand busy. No problem, Marty. Thank you so much. All right. All the best to you. Have a, a great holiday. You, you too, too, Marty. Bye-bye. See ya. All right, man. So Marty Reamer's back. That's cool. It's great. And he's, he's going to be on the X, and maybe that's a foot in the door. We'd like to have a show back. That's right. That's what I would like to see. Yeah. So anyway, best of luck to Marty. Thanks for coming on the show. And um, it's about time to wind this thing down because this has been a long show. And, uh, but good. Eight, oh, it's a great show, man. Eight Days Clean <laughs> we came in. If say and, so ourselves. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so uh, in two weeks, the, our Christmas show is going to be up. And you should all, too, no guests, it's just us. We play some of our favorite Christmas music. We've got clips from our favorite movies. We do some Christmas facts. And then we have a present, gift exchange. That's right. And sponsored by Dolly Madison And Cakes. there's a big surprise in it. Oh, a surprise ending. Yeah, like a big Oprah moment. <laughs> <laughs> you get a car. You get a car. <laughs> so anyway, uh, it's time to get out of here. Thanks so much for listening, folks. And uh, next week. We're supposed to have comedian Adam Norwest in with us. And he's a local guy now living in L.A., very funny. And for some reason he can't make it in. We got backup plans are just as good, if not better. But this is Big D. This is Big Joe, Rocker J. This is Double D. Wonder Boy. And this is the Northwest Convergence Zone show. Where all things come together. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>